Hello folks, how are you going? Welcome to another episode of Daughter Talks with Adam Jacobs. It's morning, it's morning for me. I don't know when it is that you're going to be listening to this, but right now, good morning from me, from, from Australia. Who knows, someone from the, another country could be listening to this. How exciting, I hope you're team one. That's right, it's Monday. That's what you say, don't you, on Mondays? You say, I hope you're team one on the weekend. Whatever it is, here we play AFL and people love it. Oh, they absolutely love it. I like the NRL, and I do like the AFL, I have to admit, but I'm not informed. I'm not very educated. I'm not very educated, as Homer Simpson would say. But it doesn't mean I don't watch it. I love it. I do. It's a great game. In fact, people who aren't familiar with Australian rules football, get on the YouTubes and check it out. It's a crazy game full of just about every kind of wrong thing you can imagine, including no protective gear. Your cardiovascular system most likely will let you down at some point during the game. And what else is there? Uh, you can kick, you, you can hold, hold the ball, you can pass forward, you can pass backwards. There's no rules. It's gladiatorial. I think that's why Australians like it. That's why whenever there's a rule change, we all go, oh, Jews, I don't know about that. And we start to get very protective of the authentic nature of the game, which meant if it was truly authentic, like it was back in the day, it would mean that most of the, half the players would have been carpenters. The other half would have been, uh, I don't know, editors for local newspapers. And uh, before they play the game, the traditional diet would have been one can of beer and a meat pie uh, and a cigarette. But those, that's changed. We don't do that anymore. We have these uh, super athletes with uh, 2% fat and they get paid a million bucks or more, some of them. Crikey. But there's a couple of uh, people. If you're a United States citizen and you're listening to this right now, there's a couple of Americans over here. There's one dude from Texas, I think. He plays, he's a big, tall dude. He plays for uh, Collingwood. And then there's another a girl in the women's league, which has just gone pro as well. Took, took us a while, didn't it? Well done, Australia. And she comes from, where did she come from? I'm not entirely sure. But she plays for Melbourne. She plays for, yeah, Melbourne. So there you go. It's, we're we're, we're in, reaching out to the, to the sporting, to improve, well, to increase our talent pool and now we're going across borders to other countries good on you Australia yay but I don't know why I'm talking about this because this podcast is called Daughter Talks and this is my chance to prepare answers for those big questions that my little baby daughter Aoife Daisy Jacobs is going to ask me and she will she will ask me she's already looking at me already going "What's, what's the deal mate what's the deal I'm like, don't ask those questions with your furrowed brows until you have the ability to use the words, because uh, I can't understand you. Because she just goes, it's a lot of mumble, distinctive mumble, with syllables, but no discernible words. Though, according to her face, she has many very earnest things to talk about. I just don't understand them. 
But I nod my head and I go, yes! I do my best to agree most of the time. Sometimes I'll just say no, because I figure it's not healthy, is it? To always have someone agreeing with you. So even though I don't understand her, I don't agree with all the mumbles. Sometimes I'll say, well now, wait on, let's just have a little think about that, and then she'll frown at me. She'll frown. And then I'll go, all right, no, you're right. I'm sorry, my mistake. My mistake. That's the way it's going to be for the rest of my life, really, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, today's topic for the podcast, and I don't want people to sort of feel like I'm going to poo-poo, but the, the title for today's podcast is Asks a Question. Are you dreaming your follows or are you following your dreams? And this is, wow, whoa, Adam, just slow it down, mate. Take a step back. What did you say? Are you dreaming your follows or are you following your dreams? Mm. Interesting statements. Those of you who are thinking on it probably feel that the first part of that statement is to do with social media. Yes, and the second part of that is to do with freedom. Oh, yeah, well done, well done. And both of them are to do with uh, fanciful notions of uh, to do with things that are unreal and unattainable. And in that way, I'll say, uh, no, no. Yes and no, I'll say yes and no. All right. So, some of you are probably thinking, okay, or if, if you're listening, you could be the only one listening to this. He's going to poo-poo social media. He's going to poo-poo it. True, I am. Social media is bad for you. But only in the way that refined sugar is bad for you. Those of you who are sticking a spoon into a sugar bowl and pouring it, putting it in your cup of coffee. You don't need to. You don't need to do that. That refined stuff, well, what they should be doing, all the sugarcane farms out there, and this is, I'm never going to get a job advertising sugarcane, am I, going on like this. But you should just be making ethanol. You should just be making petrol, biofuels for cars. That's all you should be doing now. Don't make sugar to put into things. The sweeteners, maybe. Maybe get that sweetener from that uh, palm tree not the palm oil tree, some other tree, plant, stevia or something. I don't know where that comes from. Some tropical plant. Hopefully they don't harvest and in the process, you know, eliminate endangered species. Maybe we should just use that stuff. And we can keep the sugar for ethanol. And we can all drive those funny cars with the big fat tyres at the end and do, you know... For, do a 400 metres in three seconds. Funny cars. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of smoke, a lot of, a lot of revving, and a lot of ethanol. A lot of it. Just literally just evaporate into the air. But it's, it is impressive when the, you see the fire coming out of the exhaust pipes. Anyway, my point is this. Social media is like sugar. And yeah, if you have too much of it or you get... You, have, you get to cross over a line with the quantity that you're consuming, directly or indirectly, it's hard to stop. 
it's hard to eliminate it. Now, those of us out there who have had a go at giving up the old sugar. Yes, I know. It's don't, don't even mention it, Adam. It's a terrifying thought. Yes, it is scary. I will agree with you. I will agree with you. But have a go. I suggest I'm telling you, you, whoever you are, which is probably Aoife, and one other person, if, if that person's listening. I don't know who you are, but you do listen to these. and Good on you. Have a go. Give it up the sugar. Give up the sugar two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Now, I'm not just talking about the little granule thing, things that are sitting in your bowl by the kettle. I will have no more sugar in my cup of tea. No, I'm talking about they've attached it to everything. They stick it grain by grain onto your, onto your kernels and your cereal. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Give up refined sugar. The other thing you do is you give up normal sugar. Now, I am still talking about social media, so don't get to, you know, hey, this podcast is not some sort of six-minute grab. It's me talking. You get to know me when this podcast, and I've got a story to tell. <laughs> I have. Uh, well, this is not so much of a story, this one. It's more about my opinion on stuff but you know so it's like sugar sugar we got refined sugar you can give up the refined sugar you can you can give up other sugars as well yes I am talking about fruit now that sounds strange Adam you can't give up fruit it's bad for you you need it for your gizzards your gizzards need fruit the fibre and all the rest of it mate. yes of course it does of course it does but then also it doesn't necessarily depends on what other things you're eating in your life avocados have fibre Think about it this way. Our digestive system is old. It's been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Our ability to refine carbohydrates and sugars, that's very, very new. And we're still catching up with that. Our digestive system is going to take a long time to turn a corner and find a different way to process these highly processed manufactured food pseudo foods that's what I'm calling I'm calling them pseudo food because they're not really food food if you look at it in terms of a on a scale whatever's on your plate measure it in terms of well what's the likelihood how close is this as it appears on my plate how close is it to the version that you would, as you, the version of it, as you would come across it in nature. And I'm not talking about some caveman diet, so don't get on to me about that. I am talking about keto, so you can keep that in the back of your mind. But look at your plate and go, well, that mushroom's not highly processed. That's just been snipped and stuck on my plate, and hopefully rinsed, get rid of some of the bugs. So a mushroom, a mushroom sitting on your plate, it's like, well, that's not processed at all. The distance from from paddock, I don't know, where do mushrooms go? Distance from tree trunk to plate is very short. There's no processing in that way. But then you can look at other things like, well, there's the pate. 
with the maybe it's the duck liver pate. Well, that's had a lot of processing, so there's a little bit of distance here. But there's probably not any sugars in it necessarily. There could be, especially if it's got some sort of sauce in it. Yeah, let's not get into that. You know, the distance from plate, from, what's the word? There's a word that rhymes with plate that all those, all those chef people use. I know, from field to plate. From, I'm probably right, it's as obvious as anything, isn't it? I'm just missing it. Anyway, you know what I mean. That's a bit longer. When you've got your uh, bacon, honey bacon, honey bacon. Well, that's the distance from field to plate is quite quite a distance. You know, there's an animal, has to be slaughtered, and all the rest of it. That's a miserable, that's, that's a disturbing image. And then there's got to be honey treated, all this sort of stuff. It's... Right, bacon itself is cooked. Smoked, whatever they do with it. It's quite a, quite a distance. But you can eat bacon, depending. All right, anyway, if you look at your plate in that way, most of what you eat should be, the distance between field to plate should be fairly short for the most of the things that are on your plate or in your bowl or whatever, for any meal, any meal. So, for instance, if you really want to pick a look at it, leafy greens are easier to eat than root vegetables, carrots, sweet potatoes, potatoes, those sort of things. Because you've got to dig that hole, you've got to pull the carrot out, you've got to wash it. You know, leafy greens, baby spinach leaf, you just pluck it off and you suck it in your face. Pluck it and eat it. That's it. From face, put your, make your face a plate. From field to face. See what I'm saying? So there's no, it's very short distance. And that's where most of the things on your plate should be. And that's, that will answer a lot of questions in terms of, is this keto enough? The things it doesn't include is things like cheese, dairy. Dairy, there's a, quite a lot of processing that's got to take place. But that's sort of existing. You can put that in a separate category. We'll put that in the fats category. Anyway, so my point I was making in the first instance is that, oh, just to actually, just to finish the point to do with sugars, and I mentioned fruits, didn't I? Giving up fruits. You don't give up fruits, but if you think about it in terms of our nomadic ancestors, and they're not cave people, I'm not talking about cave people, I'm talking about generations, probably 100,000 generations ago. So, you know, I don't know whether we're still in the cave or not. We're not, actually. We're wandering around. And we come across things. We are scavengers, essentially. Probably not, the, not on top of the food chain, necessarily, either. But we come across leftovers from other animals. So we're getting all the fats from bones and all the chunks of meat hanging off the, off the end of bones around joints and stuff. Like, so high-fat stuff. We're very rarely going to come across fruit like an orchard in the wild. There's no such thing as an orchard in the wild. It'll be like an apple tree very occasionally 
or a mango tree, maybe if we're lucky. Very occasionally. So your fruits, you'd be sometimes nomads come across a fruit once a, once every two weeks. They probably mark it on their calendar. Oh, there's a fruit day. Well, there's a plum tree. How lucky are we? And they said they then they'd stuff themselves stupid and they'd as much fruit as they possibly could. Which probably had a cleansing effect on their bowels, if you know what I'm saying. I won't go into it. But do you see what I mean? It's all incidental, occasional. It's every now and then. And it's not... We are very lucky we can open up the fridge drawer and we've got, oh, I'll have an orange and an apple and a pear and it was just... Okay, in the first instance, you just count up the sugars. Sugar, 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 which is fine. And... It's not consistent with the way our digestive system has evolved and is still evolving. We've got to be patient with our digestive system. Patient. So it loves the meats and it loves the leafy vegetables. It loves all the things that you can just come across easily in the wild that you just grab a handful of and stuff in your face and keep walking or running, depending on what's chasing you. See what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's the that in terms of our evolution, that's where our digestive system is at. It's kind of a bit dumb. Not dumb. I don't want to suggest that people, hundred thousand generations ago, were silly, but you know what? They're un uncult uncivilized, I suppose, uncultured. Maybe that that's unfair. They, that's not true. They'd have been. They lived a more simple existence. There we go. How's that? Crikey, I can't believe I'm being politically correct uh, in an attempt to respect whatever version of ourselves existed 100,000 generations ago. But there I'm doing it. My cheap coffee's getting cold again. Not surprised. Right, so that's where our digestive system is at. And in terms of our social brain, then you have to understand that we're social beings. So we have to be social. But social media is a bit of a fib. There we go, I'm poo-pooing, I know. But social media is a bit of a lie. It's not the means by which we are enabled to survive, the reason why we have to interact with each other is because we're not snails. We can't just give birth to other versions of ourselves without interacting with someone else. We Snails do that. Because they're asexual, is that right? Asexual? <laughs> Something like that. We're not them. We have to be interacting with each other Men have to interact with men, and women have to interact with women, and men have to interact with women, and men and women. It's all part of building a social sense that balances all the dominance issues. That's really what it's about. In the first instance, we form friendships when we're very young, so that we can we can understand how to work, how to how to be strong in any given situation. And that doesn't mean dominant. But we have to be seen to function within a group. 
And that can mean that you just sit back quietly and listen and then every now and then you might say something and it has impact. So less is more. It's all about quality, not quantity. And so like, you know, this, it's all this introvert, extrovert, bizzo, it's just, it's just trying to force everyone to be the same. I don't believe there's any such thing as introversion or extroversion. Someone's the extroversion. <laughs> extroversion of myself. Really? There's two of you? Well, no, it's one and a half. I keep them in the fridge. What am I saying? This is all nonsense. Look, I'm not going to go into that. Except to say maybe social media does ask you to be an extrovert, for all of us to be sort of extroverted, when I don't think that's real. I don't think the statistically it's not plausible. It's not viable. Hmm. And also it's not very interesting. Social media is like refined sugar. You need to really control your exposure to it and limit it. People, and the best way to do that is to, is to judge, assess, criticise. People love doing all that sort of stuff on the, on the social media, don't they? Criticise, I say yourself that's right you be your own judge in terms of what you're posting what you're putting up there because there's a lot of mimicking there's a lot of duck lip selfie mimicking people think I can do duck lip too whatever it might be judge your posts when you post something you look at yourself, well, am I oversell? Is this, is this a exaggeration beyond what's plausible? Am I, would this be affecting anyone else's self-esteem? Now, in many instances, it's hard to protect other people from their own insecurities, and you don't need to think about that too much. But the point is that it's more to do with your, you developing habits for yourself in terms of what you want social media to tell you. There's so much more value in honesty and the best way to be honest with yourself and about yourself is to listen in the first instance. So responding to other people in a personal way is what really you should be doing with social media in the first instance. Now, I don't do a particularly good job of that, but I'm not particularly active on the social media. But what is blaringly obvious to me is that instead of it being a competition, which I know obviously it's going to lead itself, lend itself to that. And with 
and obviously as a consequence of people feeling the pressure of it being a competition invariably there's breakdown moments where people feel inadequate as a consequence of not being able to keep up with the Joneses so to speak and so they share that on social media as well and we do like the honesty of your feelings but I prefer a prevention is better than cure situation you don't want people to get to the point where they're kind of like I don't know what the point is anymore I'm, no one's following my likes no one's liking my follows which gets back to the point I was making earlier look listen and respond to people first find people who are genuinely interested in the same thing that you are genuinely interested in and appreciate their efforts in the first instance gradually over time you'll have a chance to have a conversation with people who aren't going to feel threatened by you talking about your story or or you're not going to risk your story coming across as being a, a reaction to somebody else's somebody else's exaggeration. Let's just put it that way. Right. It's the same principles, like I said, the other podcast, the most important thing, the most enabling thing in terms of conversation. How to enable a conversation? Listen. Listening is always the most important thing in conversation. Well, social media is exactly the same. Listen first. And if you adopt this, this policy, this process, and it's not easy, it's hard, then you will, you will, you will develop a healthy relationship with social media. Listen first. Listen first and respond. And now this is where it gets a little bit tricky because people want to criticise, poo-poo and judge. Well, I encourage you in the first instance to respond, find something positive to say first. Now, as the old, as your mum would have told you, or your granny or whoever, if you don't have anything positive to say, then don't say anything at all. If you're scrolling through your feed, as they say, your feed to Jeepers, creepers. Scrolling through your feed and you come across some something that clearly you are not, you do not agree with and causes you considerable anger. I say you're triggered to respond with anger, then don't respond, don't reply. Scroll through and find something, find the feel-good story that you do connect with and you want to say that you feel it's easy for you to say something positive about. Do that. Encourage someone and congratulate them. If you love the thumb tapping and writing down the, the comments and the responses, 
then find something positive to, to respond with in the first instance. And when, if you look at if you look at social media like it is a conversation, and you follow the same principles, then you'll find that you you will develop a healthy relationship with social media, and you won't be trapped into a, a cycle of of responding to exaggeration. You will be. And also you'll realise, well, it's logical. It makes perfect sense. Because social media should be a conversation because why would it have the words, otherwise it shouldn't have the word social in it. Should it? So what are the basic principles of, of conversation? You listen, and if you don't have anything nice to say, you don't say anything at all. That's it. Simple. Now, the purpose of the podcast today was to discuss two dimensions i'll ask the question are you dreaming your follows or are you following your dreams (laughs) dreaming your follows is really a term that describes someone who's consumed with approvals they need to they need approval and they use social media to seek that approval. And I've really just spoken about that. The best way to deal with it is to treat social media like it is a conversation. And what would you do in a normal conversation? And if that's the case, then you're taking away from it this sense that you need approval. And you become, hopefully, you form relationships with people where the conversation becomes the thing that you develop and you work on together as opposed to look at me, aren't I fantastic? I'm just a little bit more fantastic than you but that's only because I lied a little bit and you, I think that you might have lied a little bit too so you've come back and you and actually you have lied a little bit because you responded to my little lie, little lie with an extra little bit of lie attached to it and now we're trapped into this cycle of exaggeration, responding to exaggeration, which eventually is going to go, going to reveal that neither one of us are anywhere near as successful as we, as we appear. So we're going to get depressed, and then we're going to write a post about that. All right? That's got nothing to you. Both of you have disrespected the conversation. They're like a little child that you're raising. Both of you are going, let's forget about the conversation. Let's just see if we can outdo each other. So conversation, you should see that as being like, there's, there's two people in conversation. You're like the parents of that conversation. And you've got to let it have its own life and its own, its own characteristics and its own strengths and its own wants and needs. Then it becomes something that's shared not a competitive thing and you're enjoyable and you're becoming fun for everyone why can't we all just get along that's what they say don't they well we can you just got to listen and if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all that is literally the ingredients for getting along with everyone
So true. So true. And very, very simple. So treat social media as a conversation. A polite conversation. Right. And that way, you're not just dreaming follows because you don't end up focusing on the follows. The follows just will end up, will happen as a consequence of you having a genuine genuine love for the conversation. Have a genuine love for the conversation, not for the number of follows. And then one, one will lead to the other. You can boost your follows by doing all sorts of attention-grabbing stuff, but it will collapse and then you'll end up Wondering why and feeling a bit depressed because you didn't foster the conversation. So it takes take longer, I'm sure, to attract your followers, but it's sustainable because you're having genuine interactions with people because we're social beings and at the centre of it, you're fostering the connection. You're not trying to outdo each other. Protect the connection. Look after it. Make it a thing in its own right, with a life of its own. All right, anyway. And the other part of it was follow your dreams. Following your dreams is so much more rewarding and healthy. Instead of using social media to present... Or pretend or appear to be uh, reaching your dreams, you know, fulfilling your dreams, as they say. Social media fulfilling dreams. Well, instead of using social media to appear as if you're doing that, well, What you need to do is you need to physically go out and do stuff that is literally you following your dreams. Now, many people do want to know how, what if my dreams never, what if I never get to my dreams? What if I follow them and, and I never get there? Well, mate. If you are genuinely doing stuff in the pursuit of your dreams, then you are free, my friend, and you are already achieving your dream. Because a key component of your dream, I guarantee you, regardless of the details, key component of your dream is something to do with freedom. Mate, is it? Something to do with independence and freedom. Well, if you've got time in your day to think about how do I, how do I do X, Y, and Z, or what's what's the next step for me in this process, and all this sort of lifestyle affecting stuff, then you have a considerable amount of freedom in your life that most people in the world probably don't have the chance to appreciate. So already, you are the following of your dreams is part of you fulfilling your dreams. The, even the fact that you can follow them. And reflect on that journey. Reflect on the journey 
Make it fun. Make the journey fun. It's like Mitch Hedberg said. I'm sick of following my dreams. I'm just going to ask where they're going and catch up with them later. <laughs> that joke he created because he wanted people to laugh because that is his dream to work making people laugh that's he wanted the job getting paid to make people laugh and he created that joke in the pursuit of his dream but the joke itself is a reflection on the journey that he's undertaking it so perfectly exemplifies my point he looked at his journey he packaged the struggle of the journey journey without end journey without a finish line or a sense of well I've succeeded now and he wrote he wrote a joke that directly reflects the struggles of the journey which in itself the joke helped him achieve the object of his journey so do you think that that was that was it for him no of course not he then went on and had a lived lived life and did stuff and that stuff that he did he continued to make it he continued to draw upon it to make more jokes so really his career and it's often the case with many stand up comedians his career was a reflection of his journey so his finish line his his arrival at the fulfillment of his of his dream was to keep journeying was to keep travelling was to keep moving there was no there is no finish line some comedians you see it um, just this is just a reflection this is a, a reflection for anyone and, and doing it doesn't it's not just to do with comedy if anyone's achieving a goal but you have to see with some comedians is that they will get to a level of success and then they sort of start not being funny. Because it's hard to tell jokes about five-star hotels and, and interviews uh, on late-night chat shows. You can't just keep doing that. Like, where's, where's the... There's no... The journey stopped. Or at least a journey that's consistent with the experience of most people in the world. So then they're sort of not so funny anymore. Political comedians are constantly uh, protected from that a little bit because they are following the journey of others and then reflecting on their own opinion, which really our opinions are things that are constantly evolving in small ways. So that journey never stops. But if you're telling the story about your life, You've got to keep the journey going. Your destination is to keep the journey going. 
that is your destination. But it's the same for everyone, whether you're a doctor or an accountant or a teacher or whatever it is. Your destination is to keep moving. All right. So when I say follow your dreams, if you were doing anything remotely associated with a forward-moving direction towards something that is of value, interest, important to you, then in part, you have succeeded already at your dream. You are living your dream because that sense of search and discovery should always be a part of whatever your dream is. Don't ever get to the point in your life where you say to yourself, I don't think I really want to learn anything else now. I'm okay. I've got, I've got, everything, got it all under, under, my, under my belt. I've got everything I need learnt. Now I just have to wait. Don't ever think like that. All right. Well, that was 40 minutes. Didn't feel like it, did it? <laughs> just say, nod your head and say yes, just to be polite. Aoife Daisy Jacobs. I love you very, very, very much.